0: of the global gamers podcast
1: yeah we're almost to the quarter century mark
0: i know i had someone asked me this week how many episodes we've done and i said 23 and he was like whoa when did that happen i was like i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it, it i just know. did. know um, yeah kind of takes I'm on mad a about life
1: it. of its own after a while and uh yeah, yeah they just keep coming
0: yeah and this one um is going to be, I hope, really fun, and maybe the funniest, potentially, episode that we've done.
1: I think it could be.
0: We're going to inject a little little bit bit of
1: nostalgia in this that we do not usually have.
0: Very heartfelt, because we're going to be throwing it back to our childhoods, and we're going to do a discussion where we share with each other um, some of the games of our childhoods that we... Look back on some of them fondly, some of them with ridicule, um, <laughs> some of them somewhere in between, and yeah. <laughs> you know, just discuss what was fun about them at the time. Would we still want to play them now? And where we think, uh, whether we think like the the common perception on BGG is fair to these games, right? And maybe some of the fun stories or memories we have playing them, um, because I think for a lot of people in this hobby. Even if like, you know, you didn't play that many games for a while, like in college or high school or something when you're very busy. And it was kind of that period when, you know, a lot of the games we play now hadn't really come out yet. Right. So like the options were a little bit more limited maybe, but you still probably had games that you played in your childhood. Even things as basic as like Monopoly and Life, you know, I'm I'm naming those because I don't know that we're going to talk about those today. But obviously those are ones that a lot of people will have in mind right yeah um i guess to kind of like segue into it do you have an interesting story of like your early memories of how you first got into games or is it just kind of one of those things where you it's been a part of your dna for as long as you can recall so
1: i will say i've I've been playing board games for a long time, but I don't think I've gotten, I'd say it's only in the last three to five years that I've gotten into games that are, games beyond what you would find at your classic, like brick and mortar retail shop, like Target. Now I realize that that's a bit of a moving target because they have more games there than they used to. But you're thinking
0: kind of like the traditional, like Hasbro, Mattel brand. Yes. Like the things you would see advertised on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon.
1: Right. So, like
0: you'd see, you'd see like a lot of, you know, those games I just mentioned, like the latest edition of Life or something. Exactly. You go to anybody's house or like you know, a restaurant that had a kid's menu and they might have had a copy of Monopoly somewhere on the shelf or something.
1: Yeah, or an yeah. Airbnb that has like two or three games. And yes, it's these. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so long story short, I think until I was in, I don't know, probably through high school, most of the games I played fell into that category. Okay, And then, And then once I was in college, I started branching out more into like, not anything crazy, but like, you know, high school college was playing some more like trick taking games like Euchre um was starting to get into games like Katana a little bit, but yeah, I don't think it was till after college that I really got into um, games that are a little bit more off the beaten trail and more in depth. Sophisticated. Like yeah.
0: Yeah. Um What about you? I have a somewhat different experience. So mm. I don't actually know if I've told you this before, but when I was growing up, my parents actually, they owned um, like a, like toy stores that were like, it's like yeah. specialty toy stores for like educational toys and books. Well, you're, you're so like, cause your
1: mom still does this, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And so what that meant in, in the context of board games was like, they never had like, it wasn't like the kind of shop that would have things like Monopoly. It mm-hmm. was more like things that had more of like an educational focus, a little bit more like higher end brands and things like that. So it meant there are sure. a lot of like, um, trivia games, games that would help you like with, you know, learning math and science and oh yeah geography <laughs> and all those kinds of things. And, um that so that kind of like influences my list a little bit and and exposed me to some of the games that I'm going to mention today that I don't know if everybody will have heard of yeah um but That's yeah it exciting. was fun it was fun because like growing up it was kind of like you know it was kind of like living with santa because like it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like at all the deal where we would just get a ton of you know toys and games like dropping in all the time but it was kind of the thing where occasionally you know you'd get a like a a sample from the um supplier or you know especially in the case of books is kind of the thing where like my mom would like bring me books Mm -hmm. i'd like a constant supply like it was kind of like as soon as i read one she'd bring me another one to like really encourage me like particularly I remember when I was reading the series of unfortunate events for the first time, it was yeah. kind of the thing where like I would open my bedroom door after getting up from my bed reading and find another one, the next one, like on the ground outside my room. And that was like the oh, most exciting so, thing. Yeah. And like so the red great. wall books as well. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Brian. And so those
0: books. Yeah. Uh, Everdell, the book.
1: <laughs> no, no, I seriously do channel those books a little bit when I play that yeah. game.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And like with the, like the family board game, nights on weekends and especially like on holidays and stuff we used to like you know because i grew up in the caribbean so like yeah the kind of the equivalent of people going to different states for us was like going to different caribbean islands and Mm -hmm. like staying at beach resorts and if you've ever like done a caribbean vacation um especially if you're you know a kid or like in a family setting where you're not going to be like going to the bar at night there is nothing to do when the sun goes down because yeah. it's all beach and pool so we spent a lot of like vacation nights playing games nice. um we had that's some contentious some contentious games of monopoly but it was still fun i imagine so yeah i, I got to say that's mo- kind of my background did you and then i, was, I would say it, like to my great shame i think that like that kind of fell off completely when i was in college and i think college is kind of like the worst period of my life in terms of gaming because it basically got to a point of cards against humanity level (laughs) so there
1: i I will say there was a window there where where that was that was that was the it game i remember that was
0: yeah but we moved on yeah that game like now it just like exists in the black hole between the nostalgic ones of my childhood and the awesome ones that we play now so yeah. it can have it can have that to use its own terminology big black area in the middle <laughs> that's fair yeah i
1: don't know i still have a soft spot for apples to apples sometimes many uh <laughs> many a high school night
0: yeah you wouldn't be the only one yeah um so i feel like i've been talking a lot so why don't you kick us off with your first game
1: sure Well, I think I am going to kick us off with my board game origin story. Oh, so this is, I don't really know how old I was. I was probably like four or five. And, uh, my, so my dad grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. And so we'd go out for holidays and, you know, just like in the summer and stuff to see our grandparents out there and, uh, you know how it is when you're like visiting like grandparents and like a lot of the toys you're playing with are like stuff that your parents and like your aunts and uncles played with when they were kids. So it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's retro night at the, (laughs) in the, in the toy chest basically. For
0: your vacation, you went back in time.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so um, this one of, I, I am not, completely sure that this was the first board game I ever played um I might have have some like shoots and ladders memories from earlier that I've like blocked out of my mind yeah um but this game is the first game I remember playing so I'd play this with my grandparents and this is I think for all the nostalgia I associate with this game one of the lowest ranking games on BGG probably I, I can't I, wait like I don't know how many how low it it goes I don't quite know how many games they've rated but we're approaching twenty five thousand in terms okay. of okay the rankings. number of reviews
0: oh my god okay. no no in terms of oh the like we okay
1: games, where it's ranked in terms of I see, the I board see. games they've uh, logged. right? And so this game is a classic straight out of 1965. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes in at a 3.8 <laughs> rating on BGG. And that is the board game Trouble. Did you ever play Trouble?
0: Did I play Trouble? I'm going to look it up. Maybe if I see it, I'll know. I feel like I've heard of it.
1: So basically what you're dealing with here is you've got, uh, four little plastic. Uh, Oh, this game. Yes. Yes. I
0: played this game.
1: Yes. I didn't own
0: this, but I think I had a friend at some point who had, it. yeah.
1: Yeah. So you've got the four little colored pointers and, or like markers, and you've got to move them all the way around the board. And in the middle of the board is an iconic little dome and the mm-hmm. dice is under the dome. So you push the dome and then, you know, it makes the, the dice, the die bounce. And then you, you know, get your number that you have to move. And like, you're basically just seeing what you roll and then moving the the pieces <laughs> and whoever gets their pieces all the way around and into their safe little home base first wins. And if yep. you, land on another player's piece, it's gotta go back to the beginning. And that is
0: this sounds the whole like game. this sounds. <laughs> this sounds like it it isn't a game. This is just a tool to teach kids how <laughs> dice work. How like dice movement <laughs> works as like a component yeah. of an actual game. Yeah. I will say I don't an elaborate
1: don't... <laughs> counting rules. <route. laughs>
0: yeah. I didn't remember like what this game was at all, but like once mm-hmm. I pulled up the and I saw the images and I saw what the board looked like, and I yeah. had this, I don't know, something deep in my brain just awakened and reminded me that I had seen this and experienced this at some point in my life. Yeah. And I will say it was a really positive feeling.
1: Yeah, like I don't
0: know I- if that's just pure nostalgia because I recognized it or did I love this when I played this.
1: So I I will say, uh I as a five-year-old I had a lot of fun with this game
0: that might be what it is yeah like it just I, it, I think it that's was, what it is yeah it um, was what it needed to be
1: yeah as far as whether it holds up I can um I can assure you it does not um <laughs> we can we can always try <laughs> it and do
0: a full review episode
1: <laughs> well I, I mean I, I have played it again in the last couple of years because uh my sister's got a copy of it and she's got a couple of young kids that are okay six and five and uh uh-huh a few years ago we broke out the old the old trouble game and uh yeah it,
0: did they like it
1: i i mean they didn't they didn't dislike it at okay. first i think they it started off promising but i think uh they they were pretty young when we played for the first time probably like 3 and 4 and so mm-hmm. i think the concept of having to go back to the beginning was hmm that was a lot that was a lot yeah. to process and so we uh once that happened a couple of times the wheel kind of came off and uh i don't think we ended up finishing the game okay. how,
0: how about we leave it at this yeah if a decade from now those kids are playing real games with you then trouble served its purpose for another generation yeah, and that is an absolute win, and it is worth all 3.8 points that it has mm-hmm. on BGG.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say okay. so. The the like un the most unheralded of the gateway games, Trouble.
0: Yes. So my first but, one, I'm just gonna um get it out the way very quickly because, to my disappointment, this actually does not exist on BGG. So shocking. It technically isn't a board game, and I, I agree with that to an extent, but it is called a game on the box. Um, is it possible it is... that
1: BGG has just been derelict in their duties, and this needs to be added to the archive?
0: No, I think it's just that this is an ages five and up. Uh, it's called a logic game. So you can look this up. It's um, this is
1: the, That's the name of it?
0: No, no, no. It's published by ThinkFun, and it's called Rush Hour junior
1: wait i definitely played this game okay because the there, is, there is
0: yeah there is a game yes. called rush hour but this is on it yes. this is yeah so yes, i played this it's it's like a little puzzle where like you have different color cars and they're kind of in this like parking lot traffic jam thing mm-hmm. and you're just it's just a sliding puzzle where you slide them around um to try and like get them out of mm-hmm. the traffic jam and yeah it's just it's a sliding puzzle for kids and i've always been really terrible at these things like i never enjoyed things like rubik's cubes and like Mm -hmm. actual straight up slide puzzles Mm -hmm. um but for some reason i actually spent time playing this i guess this is like my version of the origin story of me playing solo games (laughs) Nice. But I also remember sometimes as a kid just like not actually caring about the game that much and just taking the cars out and just playing with the cars. So I was like stacking them and making strange shapes with them. Um, yeah, I'm so that's really my fifth good. game. I I'm really I don't glad have... you
1: brought this game up because okay, I played this too when I was a kid. Um, do you my... do
0: you remember there were different versions as well? Like you could get different sets, like that had different I... types of cars in them.
1: Maybe, but we only ever had like the. or the basic one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my mom was a teacher and she had a copy of this in her classroom.
0: Okay. So now that I brought this to the table, what is, what is your opinion on whether or not it should be on BGG?
1: I think it should be.
0: Okay. That's what I thought too, but I guess not.
1: Well, but, but honestly, I don't, hmm, I honestly don't entirely remember how it worked. Was it's it like literally were, just were there, there this, it's it's like a little gray... cards that you there was like a starting and a starting like position and the, then you had to get it to an ending position is that how yeah old?
0: okay, so the, it's kind of like you know the code names um yeah cards that have the different setups yeah, it's kind of like that and so you can configure the startup in different ways and then there's kind of like a wall around the edge of the parking lot, which is the board. Right. And there's one little hole where the cars can exit from. So you're trying to slide the cars around.
1: Right. And obviously
0: and they're kind of like in little tracks. So like you can only move them vertically and horizontally. Right. And so you're just trying to slide them around until you,
1: you can get, get them in them position out.
0: to get them all out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, yeah. This is this is coming back to me now a little bit. Um yeah. I I I do want to say one slight quibble i have sorry it's it's not
0: it's not getting all of them out because like you can't rotate them it's like you have to get a specific one out yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. um i remember one thing that like mystified me even when i was a kid playing this Mm -hmm. and that was why do they call this a traffic jam logic game because all the cars are facing different directions this is clearly a parking lot and i I, yeah i
0: always just thought it was a parking lot (laughs) but yeah. whatever
1: a very fun game um, though.
0: yeah but i don't have much else to say about it
1: <laughs> yeah no and I'm, it has it I, I has no BGG rating in, so i hadn't I thought know. about that in years that's that's a that's a real well, trip
0: that that's how i thought about trouble
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um all right what's your next one
1: so my next one is actually one that you already mentioned earlier
0: oh okay. and that
1: is the game of life
0: but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, 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 I' go know. on go on so i remember playing this when i was a kid uh-huh and um we had a group game night uh within the past year or so at at my house and uh the housemates wanted to wanted to play this and so i was like well i have not touched this game in 20 years i know what everyone says on bgg about it so i'll try to withhold judgment but uh um yeah as far as i'm concerned every criticism of this game is entirely warranted
0: (laughs) all i'll say is that on BGG and elsewhere in this hobby. People can say what they want to say about Monopoly. Yeah. I enjoyed Monopoly when I was a kid. Yeah. I never in my life I could even still play Monopoly today and find ways to have fun. Right. And- I never at any point in my life enjoyed playing this game. I don't think I owned it and yeah. maybe I don't I don't even know if any, if we had it in our house, but I just did not play it that often and every time i did i just despised the experience and was bored out of my mind
1: well do you do you know what i think it is i think it's a combination of things i think one of the factors is you know i i realize that there are plenty of these type of like hasbro or mattel board games where Mm -hmm. you're basically moving around a board and based on either a dial roll or a dice roll or In Candyland, the card colors that you're getting and that there's you're not making any choices with that. But at least in a game like Monopoly, you're deciding whether you want to buy certain properties or not or that kind of thing. Like there's a ton Mm -hmm. of luck built into it, but you're at least deciding some things. Whereas I feel like in in the game of life, you're not really deciding hardly anything on your own.
0: No. And, And like because of the theme as well, I think like. It's it's trying to tell you that you're doing really important stuff. Like, oh, you just got married. You just got this awesome job or this horrible job. You just mm-hmm. had a child, whatever. And it's like none of it feels earned. Whereas in Monopoly, when you get that big rent check, you're like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. there was there was like emotional build up to that, and like there's an emotional yeah. response from everybody playing. Yeah, and then also I think like with the theme of life, it's kind of strange because most of it is like it's not relatable to kids Mm-mm. who are the intended audience like kids don't have any emotional attachment to getting a job or buying a house or having their own children or, in any meaningful yeah. way like yeah or, like
1: or, or or like working towards the goal of like make sure you accumulate enough money so you don't to retire up... yeah well and so you don't end up in the like lesser of the two retirement communities or whatever
0: Yeah, and it's like, well, if I do, then I don't care because I don't know what that means. (laughs) It's (laughs) fine. Yeah, it's strange. Whereas, like, something like Candyland, like, you know, kids like candy. Candy's bright colors and cool.
1: Yeah. Like, you know. Well, and Candyland at least had some shortcuts around the board if you uh, landed on the right spots. I definitely remember times where I would, like, you know, be getting close to the where that shortcut is and be like "Ooh, i really hope i pulled this color so i can like skip an entire like stretch stretch of the map but
0: yeah it's also like the yeah. theme of, the, of life as well it's kind of like as adults we don't even play games with that kind of theme and i would not find that theme interesting like i can't think of popular well-regarded games that even try to
1: approximate that iterate
0: on that in any meaningful way like the closest thing i could think of is like apparently there's some game called smartphone inc that's like about making smartphones then like something like power grid that's about like managing utilities
1: right Right. but like but those are eh, but power grid's like a fantastic game like yeah the theme doesn't like sound like it's gonna set the world on fire but
0: right and if you're gonna have a weak theme then the game better be good
1: yeah (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Unlike this
0: game where it's both of, like, I don't know, just, it well, has nothing going for it.
1: Well, and ironically enough, I don't think it, I mean, there are other games that kind of try to do this too. Like another one that comes to mind is Payday. And I remember playing that one as a kid too. And mm, honestly, maybe I should have picked that one instead for this because I think I enjoyed that game more.
0: <laughs> um, What is the BGG rating for life?
1: For life? Yeah. It is... Right down there with trouble, it deserves in, to be more than trouble. It is one spot ahead of trouble. Life is worth it. Life is ranked twenty four thousand seven hundred and forty four, and trouble is twenty four thousand seven hundred and
0: forty five. I see it. I see it has a four point three.
1: Uh, it does.
0: We should and flip that. Around. That should be like a three point four. I hate yeah. this game. <laughs> <laughs> um (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) so um i do just want to warn viewers like not all of my games were like these childhood games i do not want to play again we do have some others that i genuinely like and they will i wanted to save them for later in the episode
0: yeah honestly i'm pretty excited (laughs) about all of my remaining ones nice like honestly i think five for five i have warm feelings about the games that I chose. I don't necessarily want to play them all again. Like, I don't think I want Mm -hmm. to buy a copy of Rush Hour Jr. right now, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I respect it. Yeah. Um, What do you got now? So my next one, I am going off of of the life um, example. I'm just thinking of this one because purely because the board is a map of a city and that's kind of similar to life, but it's a completely different game. Mm-hmm. This might be one that I don't know if you've heard of it, but mm-hmm. this is one um, that we probably played more like when I was in middle school and like early in high school. Um, so this one is called perplexity perplex city. Get it? Ha-ha. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's a trivia game basically, but it's a mm-hmm. board game. Yeah. So it has a 5.5 on BGG, but honestly I think it deserves higher than that. And it's like, mm-hmm. 21,500 ish range. And basically what you're doing in this game is the board is this grid map of a city and all the players are trying to go around um the map and collect these little um stones that are these like transparent colored stones um kind of like like, Ma-
1: like Mancala yeah they're
0: really really nice um like little glass stones yeah um and so there's six of them and like the first person to collect all six one of each color wins the game and so you're like hopping around the map to different areas and each stone is tied to a different trivia category so the blue the cat so like you draw a trivia card and the blue category is the odd one out Mm -hmm. um orange is anagrams green is wordplay Mm-hmm. Yellow is visual. So it become some kind of like visual puzzle or something. Red is number trivia. So you'd be like a math problem or an equation. And then black was potluck. And like a grab
1: bag um, category.
0: Yeah. Like, so I have an example of a card in front of me. Um, It's a little bit blurred, but just to give you an example, let's see how you do. So Okay, odd one out. This one's easy. Um, Pirates, Panthers, Cowboys, Eagles, and Seahawks.
1: Wait, and then you just have to pick what one doesn't fit in the category? Yeah, it's like one person.
0: Pirate, Panther, Cowboys, Eagles, Seahawks.
1: I think it's pirates because that's a baseball team, not a football
0: team. Right. Um, and then like, um, like the, like the math thing, the red one is, so it's a shape. This one shapes sides of a heptagon multiplied by corners on a cube. I'm not going to ask you to answer that right now off the top of your head, but that's the kind of thing you can expect. Mm -hmm. Um, so like very educational, very puzzly. Not for like little kids. Like I'd probably do better in it now than I did back then. Um And yeah. you also have like a little hourglass timer. Obviously, it's like a one minute or something. But yeah, it was fun. Yeah. I mean, it's was the, it's basically was it, trivia. But yeah,
1: was was the answer to that one fifty six? Out of curiosity,
0: I don't know. I don't have it in front of me.
1: Oh, um. Oh, one well. day
0: we'll find out but yeah. yeah um yeah i thought perplexity was fun um and, i don't really and... want to play it right now but yeah. you know it kind of it kind of felt nice like getting the stones and you could kind of keep track of how everyone was doing um are, and it was kind are,
1: of are you trying to measure like who gets the most of in each category or is it literally? no 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 you everyone just, need just you just need to
0: get one stone from each category but you have so to like move quick. around the board to do it yeah. yeah, and then, like, if you, um, so you need to, like, move to the right spots, and, like, in order to move, you need to get questions right. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, spots on the board devoted to the stones, then you need to get a question of that category right on that spot to do it, to get the stone. Yeah. If you get it wrong, you can't try that stone again until you try a different one first. Got so, it. like, yeah. The game kind of, I mean, it says it's like two hours long, which I think is right. So it isn't that quick because, but it will ultimately depend on like how quickly people get the questions right, how many people are playing, how long people take to ask and answer the questions, because some of them take a little bit more time with like the puzzle solving. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, but like it's like there's constantly something going on. So like, you know, I would give it a Six six point five. I think it deserves a little bit more than, than they give it on BGG. But yeah, yeah, that's my second game, Perplex City,
1: and it probably pre- prepared you to uh, be a trusty um, contributing team member to bar trivia in DC
0: mm, in your future I'm, life. <laughs> I'm a I'm a minimal contributor, but yeah, in theory. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. Game number three.
1: Game number three is one that I have not played in quite some time. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I enjoyed about this game very much when I was younger is that I don't think there's any other board game that let me feel as much like Sean Connery as this one did. And that game is Battleship because I loved to channel my inner hunt for red october
0: wow i am incredibly disappointed in myself that i did not choose battleship
1: that was i love i love battleship (laughs) it was so fun
0: um is this the one that you thought we might have as an overlap yeah oh wow okay well i'm glad at least you chose it um i cannot maybe i just didn't think of it in that category because i've still like I've played it a few times more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. I love battleship. I know that I, it's, you know, it's not that strategic, but it's fun.
1: It is fun. And I'll be honest. I think out of all the game board games I played when I was a kid in the Hasbro Mattel category, whatever you want to call it, something you mm-hmm. pick up at, you know, Walmart or, or, or target. Um, there's one other game on my list I would rather play, but yep. I think this is number two.
0: Yes, that's probably true. Um, did you ever play the Electronic Battleship?
1: No, I, I, I don't think I did. I was never really that enthralled with the bells and whistles, I guess. Um, yep.
0: Okay, I was going to say the original is superior. Because okay. the little, like, sound effects and, like, the little red lights instead of the little red knobs wasn't as good. Like, there's... Like, I I think, like, I don't know why, but for this game in particular, like, there's something really cool about the dexterity of it and, like, plugging in the little pieces. Yeah. Even though, you know, everybody always lost some and, like, they'd fall all over the place. It was still really fun. Yeah. Well, I'm and- also pretty sure that, like, they are the same exact manufactured things as the um boys and the, girls in life
1: the oh Are maybe i like
0: i think like the ships and the cars and then like the little pegs that go into them it's the same thing right
1: i don't remember on the size i was going to it could be they're um, both
0: frustratingly small
1: the, yes i was yeah. i was going to say out of all the board games i played when i was a kid i don't think any can compare to just the emotional roller coaster that hits you when your like two space destroyer gets hit for the first time.
0: Yep, devastating. Mon- Monopoly might be up there, but yeah, sure, it's, that's true. I remember. Um, so in in elementary school, we used to have it was so the final day before Christmas break and summer break, we'd have toy day, where everybody got to bring one toy. And, of course, there was, like, a long list of things that teachers banned that you could not bring. Like, you could not bring your Game Boy. You couldn't yeah. bring... There were, like, certain toys, like, um, water guns. Like, you know, things would be yeah. disruptive. But right. there would always be people who brought Battleship. Yes. And, like, there would always be a group, usually a group of boys, like, playing and, like, a crew huddled around watching the Battleship unfold. Yeah, those are good
1: times. (laughs) Good times, indeed.
0: Yeah. Um, What do you got for number three? So, for my number three, I think I'm gonna go with the one that I think could be an overlap.
1: Hmm. We'll see.
0: So, I'm gonna go with Risk.
1: So, this... uh, Yeah, Risk almost was in mine. It was... I, I. It was either going to be Risk or Battleship. So,
0: Okay. Well, I'm glad that between the two of us, we got it covered. Yeah, we we,
1: we had to hit both. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so
0: Risk is interesting on this list because it's the only one of mine that kind of falls into that Hasbro, Mattel category. Uh Um, And it also is the one out of my list that... One, I still own and it's on my game shelf, and two, like I still consider like a legitimate to some extent option of game to like pull out at a game night. Like I haven't done it in a long time. I think I last time I played a game of risk was like during early pandemic a- days, which is not that long ago. Right. Um but like yeah, like that's firmly in okay. modern times um not a nostalgia play so and i still enjoy it curiosity
1: life. like um, if you could boil it down to one mm-hmm. thing like your favorite thing least favorite thing about this game like what's the one thing that keeps you coming back but then what's the thing that keeps it off of the table more often than not
0: um so i love i think like this is my introduction mm-hmm. to area control Um, probably a lot of people and just like the kind of cool war room vibe of when you play risk it almost feels like you know when you look at um like world war one or world war two movies like you'll have all the politicians and army generals like huddled in a map room and like yeah it kind of has that feeling especially because of the way the map is I mean, like, the map is drawn kind of cheaply. It is what it is. Um, and, like, obviously, there are many different versions of Risk. But, like, Standard Risk, you know, it's a basic map of the mm-hmm. world that's kind of wonky. But, like, all the regions kind of still have that 19th century geography yeah. um, feel to it. So it, it just feels very, like, imperial yeah. and, like, magisterial yeah. in a way. Um and when you like, yeah, it's it's fun. And like when you're winning, it feels really good. Um, but the downside is, and this kind of goes into like why I've always had a somewhat unfortunate relationship with this game, is that it was it was like the game that I loved that no one. Oh, to play
1: with because me. of how long because it is. yeah,
0: it was too long. Yep. So the downside of this game is how long it is and specific even more than that it's the player elimination with a game of that length which is also yeah. a monopoly problem that is the big pitfall yeah. of both of these
1: completely games. agree um, unless you, you yeah
0: yeah and i mean like there are ways around it you can make house rules where like you can have it set um you can turn limit the game so it's not you know the win condition doesn't have to be take over the whole world the win condition can just be like you know whoever has the most territory after, I don't know, 25 turns or something. You can you can find ways around it. But at the end of the day, like, those I'm are... I'm
1: curious if you throws. could finagle some kind of Ankh-like merge into this to make it interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm sure people have tried. I mean, well, the thing with Risk as well is, like, you can always For do sure. that unofficially because that's part of the game. Is like that negotiation between players and that bring um and like even like the murder suicide strategy of like someone being like you know what i'm not losing that i'm not winning this game (laughs) but if i yeah but like if we both go after like the person who's in first like i can weaken them enough that you can then take the lead and i prefer that um and again like it You know, you have to make sure you're playing with the right kind of people for a game like that because the wrong kind of people will get legitimately upset and take things personally and drag emotions into the real world. But like with the right group of people who enjoy the experience, I still love Risk. And while I understand the 5.6 on BGG, it it hurts my feelings. No, I got you. So
1: here's my question for you, though. If you are given, say you're given a four to six hour window and you have a captive audience that has to play this, play a game with you for that time and they'll enjoy it on some level. You have three games to choose Mm -hmm. from. Which one do you choose? Do you choose risk? Do you choose access and allies? Or do you choose diplomacy?
0: So I've never played Axis and Allies, mm. so that rules that out for me. Um, not saying that I don't; that I'm not interested. I just don't really know anything about it, mm-hmm. other than that it exists. Um, diplomacy actually requires even more time, so I don't think that you would have an, like you kind of like. That's like a warm-up to a game of diplomacy, yeah. is a six hour game. Um so yeah, risk okay. risk wins. Diplomacy is one of those games where like my understanding of it. So I've only ever played it once and it was a whole day yeah. thing, and we didn't finish it. It was like a whole like group of 12 people, and everybody was on teams of two oh, to three people per team okay. representing each of the empires. And we'd kind of like have timed 15 minute segments of like 15 yeah. minutes of discussion and then 15 minutes of coming yeah. back to the table. Um and my understanding is like that's how diplomacy really plays out and it takes a really long time but it's very satisfying. Um but it is it almost like bleeds into being more of a real yes. world experience and that people who play it online or even people who used to play it pre-internet still in like really yeah like mail their turns in so like right. you take weeks. Um to like get through a game of, of diplomacy. So four to six hours yeah. isn't going to do anything to really get. I guess, you're right. Experience I guess
1: you're right. I guess you're right. Um, I should have, I uh, yeah. should have extended risk. the time even more, um, to make that a fair comparison. But, um, no, I, I think that's true. I don't, I've, I've played diplomacy a handful of times. I don't think I've ever completed a game either now that I think of it. Um,
0: I also have a fun, oh yeah, I have a fun story. Um, I in I believe I was in seventh mm-hmm. grade, sometime around that. Um, I made my own Lord oh, of the yeah. Rings Risk. I
1: loved Lord of the yeah. Rings Risk. So
0: I mean, like there, like there is a Lord. I've never actually played any of the like mm-hmm. spin-off Risk games. I've never played like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, yeah. whatever else they make Risk. But for some reason, I don't remember if it was a school assignment, but I remember taking it to school. Like, I don't know if it was tied to like you had to make something related to a book you read or something. But I was like deep into playing Risk and also playing Battle for Middle Earth Mm -hmm. on my laptop. And I basically melded those two experiences into one. So I would like look at the map of Middle Earth um from Battle for Middle-earth and like made some kind of like it wasn't like risk risk but I made my own Lord of the Rings area control game where like you had to choose if you were going to be Gondor, Rohan, the elves, Isengard or Mordor and like you had your like respective base right. territory based on that and like you used dice like kind of like in Risk yeah. to conquer territory
1: That sounds fun
0: um, yeah, I don't know what happened to it. I can't believe that I didn't keep that. And I even, like, I made, um, like, a little, th- oh, I made my own so miniatures cool. for some of the landmarks. Like, so, did you ever hear of, um, no. of Sculpey? Okay, so it was basically Play-Doh. But it was Play-Doh that then you could bake it in the oven mm. and it would, like, turn into, like, clay. So it'd get, like, yeah. it'd be firm. So you could, like, keep what you made instead of Play-Doh where you have right. to destroy it or it dries out. So, like, I use Sculpey to make, like, Love that, Eisengard That's cool. Yeah. So, risk had a deep impact on me at a young age. <laughs> um. Nice. Yeah. So that's risk.
1: No, that is that's a good one. So we're going we're yes, going into your fourth game. Um. Okay. So my next one is. I feel like thematically it feels similar to risk, even though the game plays different. Um, but this was, I went through a stretch where this was when I was probably 10, 11, where this was my, my favorite board game. And that game is Stratego.
0: I've also, yeah. I've never played this game.
1: So basically how Stratego works is in the base game, It's kind of like, I guess, maybe like Napoleon times, maybe. But anyway, you've got Mm -hmm. pieces arrayed on a board and your pieces are ranked in terms of strength between two and ten. And then like you have fewer, more valuable pieces. So you've got one ten, you've got one nine, two eights, three sevens, and then gradually going down larger numbers of the lower level ones. And you're basically playing capture the flag, but then you are also anytime one of your units attacks another unit by moving onto its space it's just higher number wins and so right there were a couple that had like special abilities like i think it was the 3s that could def- diffuse bombs because each side has six bombs sprinkled around their board that are immobile but if any piece other than a 3 lands on them they die and then um so that's yeah the basic gist of the game and then there were um yeah branded versions of the games like there was a lord of the rings one there was a star wars one where some of the higher value pieces have like additional special abilities attached to them
0: is it at all like like chess adjacent just looking at what it looks like and the variable power of the pieces makes me think of that
1: Elements of it are. I think the main difference is that you. It's much more like World War I trench warfare, I think, than chess is, in the sense that because you can't like okay. skip over pieces, you're basically only fighting on a few fronts at a time. And if somebody ends up having a higher value piece than you there, you're basically like trying to shovel off as many of your low value pieces there as you can while not losing anything too valuable.
0: Does this, is this like risk in that does it fall into um, category of games that are on this list that you would still want to own? Hmm. Or not I don't not think quite. so
1: it was I mean back in the okay. m- you know mid 90s late <clears throat> 90s when I was playing this uh, it was it scratched that itch but I think there's there's so many and because this this doesn't even really feel like area control to me really because it's like you know the board is basically completely full of mostly at the beginning and then you're just yeah see
0: yeah the reason i asked that was just because i feel like unlike games like life um i've like i feel like i've heard more people talk more respectfully yeah, it's about it's this like, game like it's a you know
1: it's it's not a bad game so i would say if there were if you know I went to an Airbnb somewhere and they had the, the typical like five to six games that you'll see at a place like that. And this is one of them. I'd probably play this over life monopoly. Any of those? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's respectable. Cool. Um, so my fourth game, I'm going back to the Mm -hmm. trivia world. Um, so I'm going with
1: oh cranium. yeah okay
0: yeah I knew about this um, game I didn't play and... it that much I don't think oh yeah this is one where like we had a bunch of the different um craniums mm-hmm. because so there's like base cranium and then there was cranium cadou which believe it or not was even more like targeted to kids okay um. And then there was like cranium, was it like it was like cranium caboodle or caboozle or something like that that was like hmm. for babies basically. And that's like what my youngest sister had. <laughs> I don't know. I actually think we like played cranium could do more mm-hmm. often because we thought it was more fun. But the actual like cranium um again, like it's kind of like a trivia meets a little bit of everything yeah. that kids like. So It's, like, take all the standard games and mix them up. There's kind of, like, a Pictionary element. So there's, like, these different animal characters. So there's, like, a cat with a mustache and a beret and a paintbrush. So when you're in his little corner of the universe, it's all about drawing things. And um, there's, like, clay you can sculpt stuff out of. And it's, like, a team thing. So you're trying to, like, get your team to guess what it is you're doing. And then there's, like, a trivia guy. And... um, a math guy and there's like an acting charades kind of category. Yeah. So the, the, like the four categories. So you have um, a worm called the word worm and he's in charge of the word puzzles and he's wearing glasses and has a goatee and it's wearing like one of those like Ottoman Empire soldier hats for some reason, or I don't know if it's supposed to be like a twist on Mm -hmm. a graduation cap. I don't know. And then there is Creative Cat, who's in charge of Sketch and Sculpt. Yeah. And I already described him. And then we have Star Performer, who is literally a star. <laughs> and Star Performer is the patron saint of acting and ah. humming. <laughs> and then we have Datahead, who looks like he could also be a worm or maybe like, looks a little bit like um, Plankton hmm. from SpongeBob. And he is in a space suit. And he's in charge of fun facts, aka trivia. So yeah, it says that basic cranium is um the outrageous fun for everyone game and it is for adults and teens. I don't know if I would quite say that adults would yeah. seek out this game. Um but yeah. It was yeah. it was fun at the time. Like it's a good family game, and I think that like Thinking back to, like, playing it as a kid, like, having, like, the age range difference between siblings and parents and everything, I think that, like, it's a game where, like, you can involve everybody in the family right. in it because of that team element to it. So, like, you can bounce it Yeah, and it you out, can, like, kind you know?
1: of cater the, um, uh, the, like, questions or, like, the other, like right or like
0: maybe like the adults can handle the trivia a little bit and then like the younger kids can do the acting yeah that's kind of how we did it no yeah
1: that that's so yeah and that's like not always a tricky balance to find like when you've got like pretty significant age ranges like i don't know what it was for you growing up but like for me i've got a brother eight years younger than me and a sister 10 years younger than me so we definitely yeah we're kind of like
0: Right. Yeah. We were, we were like a Mm -hmm. six year spread. So not as much as that, but still, like, I feel like it was kind of perfect in that way because it was close enough that, like, once we got to a certain point, like, games like this were viable options for a lot of the time. Um, whereas, like, you know, things like Perplexity would not have worked as well until later on.
1: Nice. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's Cranium. (laughs) Um, you want to get on to the final? Yeah, sounds great. I am.
1: So this last game I'm picking is the game that I am most excited about, and this is this is the one that I think I would I would still play today and have a just a lot of fun with it, and that is thirteen thirteen Dead End Drive. So the way this game works is you play as rival heirs for a fortune. And there is this woman who has passed away without Mm -hmm. designating a clear heir. And so you are trying to basically collect little bags of money and then trying to eliminate the other heirs so that you're the one left standing that inherits her fortune and the the house is like like tricked out with various booby traps and so you can literally just kill off (laughs) the rival players over the course of the game by like like having a suit of armor fall on them or a chandelier fall on their head or they fall down the stairs
0: this is like betrayal but yeah kind of and
1: uh it was yeah so like and then the the basic idea was, I don't remember all the ins and outs of like how you won, but basically you would try to have the most amount of money by the time either everyone is out of the mansion or the clock strikes midnight. And so, and the and the way nice. it works is. There would be one kind of designated heir that would be the favorite heir at a given time, and their portrait would be up over the fireplace. But then, every you—you don't really want that to be you because then everyone's gunning for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: a—it is a very (laughs) fun game. Um, It is. It is, I think. Is it the highest ranked of any of the other games that I listed?
0: No, Stratego. Stratego um, was higher, I think. This one is a five point nine. I think Stratego had a five. Yeah, I was just looking 1. at their
1: rankings, and so yeah, yeah. Oh, I okay. mean, also Stratego's higher on that front. This is just just barely within the top. Ten thousand games. Yeah. But 10, I don't 000. know. This was this was one um, uh yeah, a Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley one that I got a huge kick out of as a kid and the artwork's fun. Um I really enjoyed this I game. was just
0: gonna say the artwork for a two thousand and two game. This artwork yeah. looks really good. And I just I when I looked at who the artist was because for a second you know who I thought the artist was because it looks exactly like think? it. Mary Grand Prix. No, you know that name? Okay, Mary Grand Prix illustrated the Harry oh, Potter books. Oh, sc- yeah, original, it does look The original like that. scholastic. Yeah, it looks exactly it the does same look like as, that. especially yeah. the first few books. I was like, whoa, what are the odds? Like, maybe yeah. she did. Um, but no, she did not. But if you are a fan of Mary Grand Prix's Harry Potter mm-hmm. illustrations, um, from those original scholastic editions that a lot of us had and still have, um this artwork looks yeah. like that, and it's really cool, yeah, but the yeah, it's kind of like that like it's like chalk pastels in a kind of cubist semi like modernist, but very warm and yeah, and then you've got
1: style. all the different characters that basically yeah. look like the different sketches
0: they look like they belong Yeah, or the different
1: sketches of like a you know state fair or a carnival like like caricature artist that's like deliberately magnifying you know certain features for for comic effect um yeah
0: the noses in particular but uh
1: yeah this was this was quite a fun game and yeah, I always enjoyed playing with my siblings and seeing who is going to inherit inherit Aunt Agatha's fortune. Very fun one.
0: Nice. Um, so I also saved the best for last with the mm. possible exception of risk, but this is another one that like I would seriously consider mm-hmm. buying this game today and having it around and when i was helping my mom move out um when we saw like mm-hmm. my childhood mm-hmm. home 2 years ago like i found this game like the beat up old box but like it was missing mm-hmm. some of the dice so we didn't keep it um but this game is called hmm. Bataclan. clan
1: not familiar
0: um it has a 4 it has a 4.8 which i will strongly hmm. strongly disagree with this game is a mm-hmm. dexterity game, kind of like Jenga. And all it is, is there's a big dice tray, and you have a whole bunch of dice. All you have is dice. They're like little wooden dice, and then there's medium sized wooden dice painted green, and then big wooden dice painted red. And what you're trying to do is, everybody has a certain number of dice. And you roll all your dice when it's your turn and you're you're building a dice tower everybody is contributing Hmm. to the tower of dice and you have to so you roll all your dice and the value that you put on top uh, like when it's your turn has to be higher than what's already Mm -hmm. there so and like and if there's a six on top then you go back to one but what that means like ideally you want to put the big dice toward the bottom
1: yeah so because right, you don't so it's the tower more structurally sound,
0: but like it depends on right, but it depends on what you roll. So like, if I put a three on the tower and it's your turn, and you roll, and the only thing you have higher than a three is your giant red die, high, there's a higher chance depending on how tall the tower is that Got it's going it. to topple over. And when it falls, if um the whole thing falls or part of it falls, whichever dice fell the person who made it fall has to take all those dice. And so the first person to get rid of oh. all
1: their dice wins.
0: Yeah. I don't under, like, I guess people may not like this. And that has that 4.8 because obviously it's luck of die rolling, which, you know, I guess that might be also why people yeah. are hating on trouble. Um, But this game is like, if you like Jenga, I don't understand it's, why you yeah, like it's, this game. Well, it's, it's probably just a, as fun,
1: uh, maybe even more fun than Jenga.
0: I think so, like, Jenga's a little bit more, like, straightforward, I guess. But, like, I don't, one is you're building a tower, yeah. and the other one is you're tearing it down. What's, like, yeah. what's not to love? And honestly, like, I would I would buy this game again. Like, the dice are really nice. They're wooden dice, and especially the big ones, they're chunky. Yeah. They're huge. Um, Like, even the smallest size dice in this game are a little bit bigger than standard dice. That's to give you a... Yeah. interesting
1: i have never Uh, encountered this game and i I didn't completely catch the name of it so i was having
0: trouble searching for it uh b-a-t-a-c-l-a-n yeah i'm looking it up right now um to see like if you can buy it anywhere i see it on yeah, okay, people are selling it for like $17 <laughs> on eBay. Noble Knight Games, Doesn't $30. Look like it's a huge um, thing though,
1: like only 112 people on BGG report that they own it. Maybe yeah, people I wa- just don't I, know
0: about that's, it. That's Maybe like I'm wondering like is it niche or is it just that like it's not something people would think to review on a site like this because it's right. not like right. a board game, right. you know? Huh. Um, and it was obviously not as big as something like Jenga, yeah. which everyone knows. Um, yeah, but like I don't know if you've seen like the images of what the Tower of Dice yeah, looks I did. like. Um, yeah, like I don't understand what there's not to like about that if you like Jenga. So that's my fifth like and final it. game. Even- yeah. Maybe one day if I if I feel like dropping twenty dollars, I'll get a copy. It's funny, <laughs> and again, you can play it in five minutes. And then it's, it's
1: also funny that even in this kind of like more off the wall funny episode, we have like a pretty like broad cross section
0: of game types
1: represented.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just goes to show we weren't pigeonholed
1: as kids. <laughs> I, I guess that's true.
0: <laughs> if anything i think we might have more specific taste quite now than we back then
1: quite possibly
0: yeah you know it, ha- it happens with age because uh, let's say i mean in my in my five i had like a logic puzzle two trivia games one of which also has like a party game mm-hmm. element with cranium an area control with risk and like yeah. a dexterity game
1: that's a lot that's oh, not bad at all
0: that's not bad yeah. Yeah. Great. It's a great yeah. set if you're five years well, old. Well,
1: and I, I am curious, like, <laughs> for kids nowadays, like, how many of these games are still, like, widely played and known? Because, I mean, sure, I mean, I'm sure they're all around, but then you've got, like, so many new ones that have been introduced.
0: Like, kids these days can be playing, yeah. like, a Zoom. Well, or, I yeah. mean,
1: even... Like more complex games, they they'll have like kid like catered versions of like Catan, Everdell, Ticket to Ride. They all,
0: yeah, my, yeah, they've my got, little scythe.
1: yeah, they've got kid versions for yeah. all these
0: now. Can you imagine like if you were in middle school and like Wingspan that would be existed? Great. Like, yeah, you could definitely yeah. play that. Like, yeah. That would have been mm-hmm. a nice life. Kids these days. And they're probably just on their iPads uh, anyway. Mm,
1: well, Shame. well, not necessarily. They could be <laughs> on their iPads playing Wingspan.
0: <laughs> playing Wingspan. True, true, true. Yeah. This, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Cool. So, again, this was nice fun. Nice trip down memory um, lane. Yeah. And I think the majority of these games are games that we still you know yeah. tip our hats i would too. say so i think like other than the game of life i don't think we
1: hated no i think anything. i think we i think we I picked right? some that we've no. got some fond memories of or at least us yeah at least it was good for its yeah. time but
0: yeah. yeah and i heard of a. F- we both like learned of a few that i know, the I, other person I, didn't had, know about I had, it, so had never heard
1: good. of uh I had never heard of Bataclan before. That looks like a, that looks like a fun one. Um, yeah. It reminds me a little bit of. There was another one that I considered. Well, honestly, I didn't even think of this one until we mentioned it. But did you ever play Pickup Sticks? That was oh yeah. That was another dexterity one that I yeah, that I liked.
0: Um, I like it's that one. I yeah, like it, but it okay. sounds good. Yeah. Pickup sticks, also, like, it always... Again, like, if you're playing with the wrong people, people will be like, oh, right. the stick moved. move. <laughs> you're yeah. like, no, it didn't. Yeah. It's, and it's like, who can really... What does it mean for a little weightless right. stick to move? Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, well, we're, if we're yeah. listing runner-ups, I'm not going to describe them, but I'm just going to say uh-huh. Chinese checkers. Um, and I did think about... um.
1: Oh my god!
0: Only because of like because I remember that it existed, yeah. not because I mean, I
1: that would have been a, that um, would have been like. I remember a, I had Game of Life Redux.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that I, for the longest while, thought that that game was actually called Snakes and Ladders because the version of it I had. Yeah, there. I think there might be ladders. versions
1: of it that are called that. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, is it the same? I think it is, but I don't really know. Or whatever. Um. Yeah, but that's that's enough airtime for I that game. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think at this point, yeah. let's leave it at that. Yeah, we did. We had a good run. And we will be back we'll be back next week with a review. Um and I think we're gonna be talking about a game that we just both shockingly played yeah. for the first time. And shame on us for reasons that will become clear. On that note, I'll see you next week.
1: See you next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.